Welcome to the Hanging with the Muses podcast, a late blooming creative's quest to make a living making stuff. I'm Tiffany Prashera, and I've been a composer, author, and voice artist for decades, but I'm not exactly where I'd like to be in my career. Join me as I strive for greatness, or at least some decent semblance of mediocrity, and share tips about what I've been learning along the way. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode of the Hanging with the Muses podcast. I hope you're having a great day so far. I've been having a lovely morning. I went out for a walk. It's a beautiful sunny day. Very windy though right now. But I love the breeze. I love the breeze. And uh, where I live, it's kind of one of those locations where the geese come to hang out as they migrate from the north to the south and vice versa. So I got to see a mom and dad with their six little goslings walking around. Then there was another couple with their three little goslings. It was just lovely seeing these families together. So I hope you're having a great day so far. Let's talk about networking. Networking is one of those things that you either really enjoy or you're really terrified by. And sometimes, depending on the circumstance, you can have any number of experiences in a networking situation. Let me tell you how it can go. I think it was in December. I went to a networking event, which was for media folk. And the idea is that there'd be panels and speakers and whatnot throughout the day and then a reception at the end. I hadn't done anything like that in some time, so I thought, why not? I'll give it a go. And... It turns out I had a lovely time. I learned some things, for one. And then I met some people who were very friendly. We had nice discussions, and, and I was introduced to folks. You know, somebody knew somebody else. They'd say, hey, this is Tiffany, and Tiffany, this is so-and-so. And got some free beverages. There was food being passed around at the reception. And I came out of that feeling... Not so much that I had made a lot of career advancement and whatnot, but I felt connected. I felt this was something to draw from. This was something to, this was was a bit of a catalyst to move me forward, to give me confidence to do this again. And to know that, yes, I can have positive interactions with people in these situations. I felt open I felt like I was presenting myself well. I felt like I was curious about the other people when we were having conversations because that's important to not feel like you're just there to promote yourself. People want to know that you're interested in them as well. And it was really good. It was really good. Fast forward to January. When I went to a music meeting, there were also discussions and whatnot. It was an affair that was to last a couple of days. And I thought, well, why not? I'm going to go. These are my people. These are other music people. So I'm going to go. I'm going to meet some folks. I'm going to get more established in this musical community where I live. And that was my goal. Well, so this is what happened. Before the event, there was somebody that I knew who I thought I would join her discussion. She was speaking with some other folks. And I said, hello. And 
and she said hello and then she introduced me to these other people that she was speaking with and they were like hi then they just went and resumed their conversation i attempted to join another group another discussion with somebody that i knew and just kind of fit myself in there and as that discussion was breaking up there was somebody i was interested in and i I asked her about herself. There was an event that she had attended. So I asked her about the event and I commented her. She had this lovely silver necklace on. So I complimented her on her necklace and she said, thank you and walked away. Yeah. So that was interesting. And I went through the first session of the day where all of the panelists were getting introduced and whatnot. And... Then I sat there, there was, a, there was a break in between the sessions, and I sat there, and I'm looking around at people, trying to figure out what to do. Some people are involved in discussions, some people are looking at things on their phone, and I just, I didn't know how to react, because part of me thought, I'm supposed to be here to meet people, that's why I'm here, and nobody wants to talk to me. I'm trying, I'm a nice person, but people don't want to talk to me. So basically what I did was have a panic attack. I was on the verge of tears, sitting around looking at all these people who didn't want to talk to me. And I went up into a stairwell and cried because I was, I was scared because I didn't know what would happen if I tried to talk to anybody else. And I also was frustrated with the fact that the reason why I was there might not happen. And I didn't know what to do about it. But eventually I sucked it up. I breathed. And this has never happened before to me in that, in that environment. You know, I've had all sorts of things happen in, in these social situations. And, and I have never had a full-on panic attack about it before, so it kind of surprised me, you know? Um, But I breathed, I took some time, and there was one point where I was about to go down back into the room, and I felt the tears coming back. I'm like, no, not ready yet. So I just sat there for a little bit longer and breathed. And eventually I went back down, and I told myself, I don't care if I meet people. If I do, fine, but I'm not going to try to approach people right now. That's not going to be good for me. So I sat there, listened to the discussions, and then there was a point where they had some food. So I went to the food table and tried to start a discussion with somebody who responded to my question and then kind of turned around and did her thing. And it was funny because the next time I went up to get a little bit more food, she was there chatting with somebody else saying, hey, so what do you do? Where are you from? All this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what's up with that? You didn't ask me those questions. But yet, you know, this other guy comes along and, and you're all interested. I don't know. And, and frankly, I don't care. Basically, what I did was I just said, okay, I'm going to get through this day and I'm just not going to come back tomorrow. And I know that's a little chicken, but... I knew that I did not want to be there for another day of that. So I didn't go back the next day. So these are the things that can happen with networking. And so I want to share with you today some tips 
on how to navigate the world of networking. Not that I've obviously done it particularly successfully, but these are things that might help you in the future to at least get through these situations. Number one, try to prepare yourself before you go. Try to prepare yourself in, in a few ways. If you know who is going to be speaking or who is going to be there, you might as well, if you don't already know who they are, might as well look up something on them because you want to establish connections with people. You don't just, as I said, you don't just want to promote yourself. That's not what that's about. I mean, that's what some people do, but that does not establish real relationships because people will just look at you and say, ah, yeah, there's somebody else just trying to promote themselves. So learn about the people who are going to be there if you can. So then you can have some things to discuss about their work, about maybe what they've contributed to the industry. And particularly if it's people that you do know, don't be afraid to go up to them and compliment them on their work and what it has meant to you. Absolutely. People always love to be complimented. So, so don't be shy about that. You can have your elevator speech, a little blurb that you can tell people about yourself in, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. They call it an elevator speech. It's like, basically, what would you tell somebody if you only had an elevator ride to tell them about yourself? You know, so I'm Tiffany Prashera. I'm a composer, writer, and voice artist. I've been doing it for about 20 years, and I work in the genres of blah, blah, blah. And I'm interested in getting into blah, because people also want to know how you, you connect to each other. Like, what are you looking for and how it might match with what they're looking for, right? So get an elevator speech together. And there are resources online to help you sort that out, to help you create something that is magical. <laughs> Make sure you have business cards or some way of giving people your contact information. I know in this digital age, it's different, but people are still using them. So make sure you go to Vistaprint or wherever you would get business cards and put something together that you can just hand to people when maybe you don't have time to, you know, put all of the information into your phone or whatnot, because people need to be able to get a hold of you at the end of the day, if you all want to work together, right? Preparing yourself emotionally can come in a couple of ways. You can be one of those people who says, okay, I'm going to meet so many different people. I'm going to tell them this. I'm going to tell them that. Or you can say, I'm just going to go there to see what's going to happen. I'm not going to have any expectations. And for me, that's what I got from the second story that I told you is that I decided that I didn't care if I met anybody. And I think if I'd come into the situation with that thought, it would have gone much better because I wouldn't have had that pressure on myself because we can put pressure on ourselves and it's the pressure that's the problem. It was the fact that I thought I had to meet certain people and that's what I was there for. And because I couldn't make that happen, that I was a failure and that the situation was wrong. But no, so... It's up to you. It can work either way. You can try it out. You can try the really planned scenario of, you know, I'm going to meet so many people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Or you can just say, I don't care what happens. I'm not going to worry about it. Conduct yourself professionally. This is something that not 
all artists are into because they're like, I'm an artist. I get to be who I'm going to be. I'm going to flow. But you are still trying to make connections with people. This is still a business. So realize that, for example, how you dress, depending, depending on the circumstance, may say something about you in a professional capacity. You want something that essentially reflects the best version of you. How you conduct yourself in these situations can also reflect on how you would conduct yourself in a work situation. I went to a presentation a while back and this person comes into the presentation late, sits in the front row and starts looking on a phone. And I was like, you just don't get it, do you? I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, would I actually want to work with this person who doesn't understand that A, you don't walk to the front when you come in late and B, give the people who are presenting some respect and get off your darn phone. It just felt very rude to me. And and if this person ever did want to work with me, I'd really have to think about that. They'd really have to impress me to look past that kind of behavior. Anyway, maybe I'm being judgmental, but It just did not seem professional or courteous at all to me. Another thing is to be curious about people. We're looking for long-term relationships here. Again, not just promoting yourself. So ask questions. You know, what do you do in the industry? If you don't already know, ask them that. How long have you been doing it? How did you get into it? They may or may not want a huge involved conversation, but you will know that by their body language or the tone of their voice. And that's okay. Then you can let it go. But you are demonstrating to them that you want to get to know them better and you are curious. And you can meet some really fun people when you open yourself up that way. I met some folks who were animal wranglers. They wrangled horses for film. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Tell me more, right? This doesn't have to be just about meeting people who can help you in your career. This is about meeting people, period. And you'll have a much gentler time if you treat it that way without such an agenda. Because I can tell, you know, as someone who goes to these things, I can tell when people have an agenda. And it kind of, I I guess everybody perceives it differently, but I'm just like, let's just talk. Can we just talk? Right? Why do you have to be getting something out of me or out of anybody? Let's just talk. But maybe that's who I am too, right? There is advice that has gone around about keeping a conversation to about 10 minutes. And I think I probably agree with that. I mean, it's, it's about reading other people too. If somebody is, if you are really into a conversation with somebody and they're really into the conversation, then... There's no need to say, oh, well, you know, I got to go. It's been 10 minutes. I have to go talk to somebody else. But you don't want to keep a conversation going on for too long if it's not really, really engaging, right? And there can come a point where one of you says, hey, this has been a really lovely conversation. I'd love to get your contact info so we can continue. But I'm sure you you want to connect with other people. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And that's a very gracious thing to do, I think, saying, you know, I know you are here for other reasons than to just meet me, but this has been a lot of fun. And maybe we can meet for coffee or something like that. Don't be afraid to reach out to people that you have a connection with and take it further. 
right? To say, hey, you know, maybe we could meet for a coffee or something. Because that's how relationships get built. And sometimes we can be so afraid of that, even on a social level, right? If you meet somebody at the grocery store or at the coffee shop, um, you can be hesitant to say, hey, let's get together. But that's the only way it's going to happen, people. That's the only way. So get up your courage and, and just do it. That's all I can tell you. Another thing to note about these networking situations is that especially if you are new to the industry or you haven't been particularly connected to your community, is that you will come across little cliques and little clusters of people who know each other. And that can be intimidating. You can say, ah, but they're in a group and I don't want to break up that conversation or bust that bubble of people who know each other. And I get it. It seems like the goal is to sort of hang out on the periphery of the bubble, right? So you are, you are bringing yourself into that situation, but not taking it over, not fully infiltrating yourself, just kind of saying, hey, I'm here and I'm kind of cool. So maybe you want to bring me into the combo, right? And that will probably happen. That will probably happen. I would not, though, however, advise to go in on a duo conversation if there are just two people. Stay away, because that could be a more personal thing. But if it's, like, you know, five people together, there's nothing wrong with just kind of hanging out with it. And maybe injecting a comment, um, but maybe wait until someone kind of addresses you. But... That's how we meet people. So don't be afraid of being part of those groups because you will come across them and, and otherwise you may not meet anybody. Unless, and this is what I do, I hang out near the food table. I'm kind of like a predator waiting for the lone prey who has wandered off or who's hanging out by the watering hole. That's how I met the horse wrangling folk was by hanging out at the food table. So don't be afraid of that. It may be a little bit more comfortable for you than trying to infiltrate the big groups. Because it's just you and that other person and a piece of cheese. And nothing scary about that. So those are some ideas to help you navigate the world of networking. And I will say, you know, I've been, I've been learning about this process, and a couple of weeks after the January fiasco, I had signed up for another, it was workshops though, but another opportunity to network. And I basically, I went in there saying, I don't care if I meet people, I'm here to learn. That's my MO. And I felt so much better about that situation. So I learned from the previous experience, right? So I hope that helps you on your next networking adventure when they actually start up again. I guess I'm preparing you for the future.
now to give you a bit of an update on what I've been working on lately and how it's going. So as I've mentioned, I'm working on the instrumental tracks to eventually be licensed for film and television, and I have the children's book series. So here's the thing about the book series. This is supposed to be about a rabbit and her adventures. And I was contemplating, as I was kind of setting out my plan for all of this, what perspective, what world this rabbit would live in. Because there are, if you, if you look at the world of animals and other non-humans in literature, in film, and all of that, there's different ways to treat it, right? You have, say, the Zootopia idea where it's strictly animals, and they all get along and do their thing, and they kind of, they're anthropomorphized, I guess would be the word, so they're kind of given these human attributes, like the talking and all of that. Then there is the, I call it the Paddington idea, where you have humans and then you have an animal, being Paddington in that case, who interacts with the humans in their own language, and it's not particularly unusual, right? Because when Paddington is first discovered at Paddington Station, the father of the family that he goes to live with is like, oh, look, it's a bear, right? So it's not, it's not this, what is a talking bear doing in the train station? It's just a thing. So that's one other kind of world that this could be in. And then there's kind of the Toy Story world where the humans are there and the toys are there, but everything that the toys do is out of the sight of the humans, right? And then there's the idea that if there are other animals that are in this world with the humans, do they communicate with them at all, right? So kind of along the lines of the Toy Story thing, but not because they are communicating with each other and they're, you know, inside of the humans and doing their thing. It's just the humans don't know that they are, in fact, taking over the world or whatever it is. (laughs) That'd be a whole different story. (laughs) And then I started writing it. You know, I, I picked my world and then I start writing it and it's cute. You know, I I like She's a cute character. But does she need to be a rabbit? Would the rabbitness help the story or detract from it or like remove possibilities for this character? Because you have to, when you're writing something or creating something, you have to look at what actually serves what you're trying to do, right? And not just focus on, oh, but then we wouldn't have that cute phrase or that cute moment. You have to look at the project as a whole, at, at, at the story as a whole. So I'm dealing with that right now. Does she need to be a rabbit? As much as my rabbit, my stuffed rabbit, was the inspiration for the character, does she actually need to be a rabbit? The mystery of it all. The mystery of it all. And then there's the instrumental works. And I had mentioned that I was working on a Latin piece that I like. But there's something that's not quite gelling after the first bit. Like, it starts off really strong, and I'm like, yeah, I really get into it. And then there's a point where there's something that's just not quite working. And it's not like I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to keep it and come back to it again. Because I've said, you know, sometimes you just need to put something aside for a while. But I am going to put it aside. So I have something a little bit more 
ethereal slash spacey in mind. There's, I've been hearing some things that are, have been inspiring to me in that front. And so I decided to do something that was reminiscent of that, not, not copied in any way. It's, there's nothing that would be like, oh, that is whatever. But just we need to be inspired by things. We need to hear things and say, yeah, that's really cool. Right? I think that's that's important because if you just rely on what you yourself know, then you're never going to grow. Yeah, so the I've, I've set aside the Latin piece for the moment. Then I've moved into the kind of more ethereal, spacey jam, which I'm really enjoying. And it's it, the thing is, it's coming together much more easily. So it's a win-win. It's all good. Now's the time when I'd like to talk about something that I have read, watched, or listened to that you might be inspired by. If you don't already know this fellow, Stephen Pressfield is somebody to check out. He's an author known on a literary capacity, probably for The Legend of Bagger Vance, but he's written many things. But he's also someone who writes about creativity. And his books are just mind-blowing. They are so relatable. They're so wise. I've read two of his books so far, The War on Art, and Nobody Wants to Read Your Shh. I just did a Gwen Stefani there. <laughs> and they're, they're not huge books, but they are filled with such insight on how you can be a more effective creator and how you can give your audience what they need. And he talks about how to be a creative professional as opposed to an amateur, how to have that professional mindset towards your work, which, I mean, some of us are doing this just as a hobby and some of us actually want to make a career out of it. So he's the guy to go to for that, how to deal with your creativity in a professional capacity. Stephen Pressfield, check him out. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Hanging with the Muses, all about networking. I hope there's something to relate to there. Maybe you learned something, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you'd like to connect with me further, I can be found on the internet at tiffanyprochera.com, Facebook at Swimming Tigress Music, Twitter at Swimming Tigress, and at Tiffany Prochera, Swimming Tigress Music on YouTube, and on Instagram at Tiffany Prochera. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.